Hello and welcome to this episode of the Super 6 podcast. Well, we take one week off and the football world absolutely blows up. Bioakinfema, how are you doing? What's going on, LW? It's been crazy, is it not? Oh wow. Like, if it wasn't the European Super League, it was Jose getting fired. Ed Woodward stepped down from his position. Unbelievable. Also, add to all of that, that Bioakinfema scored his first championship goal. Jeez. So look, it was... Oh. Look at that. Oh, we'll say it for the people in the back. I finally got there. Yay. It only took two decades. Jeez. <laughs> but you did do it. I've got something very special for you at the end of the show. So um, if you're listening, make sure you listen right to the very, very end. And we'll, we'll uh, talk all things championship goals of Bayak and Fenwa. We will also today speak to some of the most important, if not the most important part of football, it's the fans. So stick around. We've got a great podcast for you today. It will be a complicated, complex podcast uh, where we try and make sense of everything that's been happening. Um, so stay with us. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Okay, so this week um, there are a number of different things that have been making the headlines. It has probably been the craziest three days in the world of football I can certainly remember. I've never known a time like it. Um, we got the ESL for a grand two and a half days. We managed to get rid of it. Right there in the middle of that, Jose Mourinho was sacked. Ed Woodward stepped down from his position at the end of the season. It was announced this week as well. I've never heard so many breaking news chants on, on the world of radio or, or on the news. It's just been one of those incredible moments. I think everyone will remember where they were. So this week, it just feels right. We reflect on it. We talk about it. And we talk about it with the people that matter as well, the people that are the fans of the game, the people that speak to the fans of the game as well. Uh, so we're going to give a very warm welcome this week. It's myself, Laura Woods, and obviously Bioakin Fenwell. And alongside us today, we've got a big Spurs fan, unfortunately, Flav. Uh, hello to you, Flav. Thanks for hello. coming on. Um, Manchester United fan as well cheeky hakeem welcome 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 also a new dad last night so we figured out he's probably not slept much are you feeling all right hakeem yeah how you doing congrats yeah, thank congrats. you thank you thank you yeah it's been a long two days um, no sleep but beautiful <laughs> well thank you for joining us it does mean a lot actually you've probably got more important things to do like changing nappies shortly so um we'll try and keep this one quick for you uh, and a big chelsea fan as on nini's on good morning nini right morning thanks for having me on you guys <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, this has been absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, today, uh, not unfortunately, because it feels like I do this a lot of the time. Um, I'm the Arsenal fan and it never feels like an, a fortunate time to be an Arsenal fan either. Bio's a Liverpool fan. So the only club really that we're missing today is Manchester City. Um, Bio, first of all, I mean, how is this? This week has just been madness. As a Liverpool fan, and you're a big Liverpool fan yeah. as well, how did you react when, yeah. when you saw the news as it broke that they were going to break away, make this amazing European Super League? Do you know what? Like, I, I don't know about everybody else, but at first I didn't understand it. <laughs> like, I honestly, no, I didn't. I didn't understand the ramifications, what they was going for, you know, in the sense where it was like, all right, boom, there's this Super League they want to kind of do, so all the big teams play each other. So at first you're kind of just hearing, I it's a money spinner, X, Y, and Z. And then you start hearing more that I call, they're going to come out the Premier League, they're going to come out the chat. You're thinking, what? Wait, hold on, press pause. Like, what's going on here? Like, it's nonsense. And then, of course, in the changing room, you're talking around players, talking to other players about the whole thing. And then I said it, I remember I got interviewed, I think I come out on a Sunday or something, and I said, listen, it's not going to happen. And I was actually flippant. 
Then you start seeing it all over the media, saying that they've signed up. You're thinking, oh, sh-. I was about to swear. <laughs> You're thinking about, oh, rah, this maybe could happen. But listen, from the beginning, I thought it was ridiculous. I won't lie to you. I thought it was ridiculous. And it just shows, you know, after 48 hours, it came and it went. I don't care what anybody says. I think I heard that Perez guy say it's on standby. It's gone. It like, like it's gone. It's dead. You know what I'm saying? It's so, and that's what it was. It kind of came. It was a whirlwind. And likely so, it's yeah. gone. It's weird, isn't it? For those like 48 plus hours and a half day, whatever it was, um, one thing that we did feel was like everyone was sort of united on the same side. And for once, Flav, Arsenal and, and Spurs fans could be equally as embarrassed as each other because we were looking at each other going like, well, wait, wait, we're included? Like, why? Why are we included? As a, as a Spurs fan, <laughs> well, what did you think? Well, speak for yourself. I, I know why we were included. Why, the, uh, why was that? The, the, Honestly, shed some light because I still can't figure it out. Hey, hey. one second, one second, Flav. Let me tell you something, though. This is our podcast. (laughs) When you come on our podcast, I'll be chatting to LW. You you hear me? LW, I've got your back. Don't watch that. You hear me? Uh, He's big, Flav. I'll play. I I know. Yeah, I'll I'll back in my box. I apologise. Don't worry. I like it. uh, yeah, look, I mean, it was it was a weird one, but the, the whole point of the the Super League wasn't about merit. Like Arsenal, Spurs weren't in there on merit. Um, they were in there because they could generate a lot of global audience. This was about how many eyes they could bring on the league. Let's get the biggest clubs in Europe together whoa, um, whoa. and bring Love. the audience with them. Love. Yeah. Biggest clubs in Europe. Biggest. Look, I mean, you just got to look at the Forbes top ten. Wow, we're gonna list. be here all day. <laughs> look, I don't. Yay! I'd, I'd, ha- I'd happily not be on there. I'd never want to be there on merit otherwise. But the, the fact you look at the top 10 Forbes list, Spurs are in there, along with every other club that was that was involved well, as well. I get what you're saying, but don't you think, like, if you're in a league where you can't be promoted, relegated, you're just going to get spanked every week. So we're just going to be, we've gone from a league where potentially, like, you could do something to a league where your, your competition's greater. So it's going to be even worse, yeah. no? It'd be terrible. It would have been horrendous. It's it such a bad... Do you know what? You know what? Sorry, when you deets the idea, like, it is such a bad idea. Like, uh, listen, uh, I know they was driven by money, but literally for the sporting merit of what sport is, like, it is competitive. Or I don't care if it's a Super League or the National League. Like, literally, you want to be able to know that, listen, you get success for... Or you get rewarded for success and... Look, you get repercussions for failure, period. But to be able to go into a league where it doesn't matter what it is, you're going to just... It's like you're playing pre-season games every day. Mm. Or, sorry, every week. It's, the way you deets the idea from it, it's, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. And where's the special aspect in playing Real Madrid? Like, one of my greatest memories as a Spurs fan um, was at Wembley when we beat Real Madrid 3-1 because it, I'd never seen it before. And it very rarely has happened in our... In our, in our club's history. And because we earned it, we got to that point. As fans, it felt something. If this would have just been, it would have cheapened every single European tie forever. It was, a, I think we're all in agreement, it's such a horrible idea. Nini, I actually went to um, Stamford Bridge on Tuesday night, it was when the protests were going on. And um, genuinely, you can't obviously, you, you have to kind of say no social distancing, all that sort of stuff. But um, the positive for me was that I could hear football fans singing and chanting and I could see it again. And I was like, I just felt like I haven't seen this for such a long time. Were you there? Did you see it all going on? Um, I wasn't 
participating there, but obviously I want to say shout out to We Are The Shed's Twitter account for organising it. And, you know, it's great to see the response from just ordinary fans like us going out there, making their voices heard. And yeah, obviously, you know, COVID's not enough masks, but, you know, for me at the same time, you know, if you're going to announce something this egregious during, you know, times like this right now, when the fans can't really process, I thought it was very conniving in my opinion. So sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but... You know, I felt like the message was loud and clear. And, um, you know, it's even quite sad for me that it's got to that point where, you know, owners of these clubs really just don't take our perspective or our opinions as as highly as we thought. And that uh, we actually have to come out to protest, uh, you know, stand up for our rights in that sense and, and fight for the sport that we love. Could you believe it when it when it was announced that it was your, your club Chelsea as well going in there? <sighs> I mean, to be honest... You know, I'm a little, I'm a tiny bit cynical with my club. Obviously, I know the type of owners we have, but um, I, I was in actual disbelief. I couldn't believe what would happen the past like 48 hours. I was preparing for like other things myself, and the Super League things, things came out of absolutely nowhere. But um, you know, I, I love that from how quickly it was announced, it, it, it just got evaporated even quicker. And I think this is a message to uh, all these owners, all these uh, millionaires, and all the, you know, the one percent in the game that you know respect the fans more because ultimately. Ultimately, we're the ones that fund this mm. entire game. All right, Hakeem, let me ask something, yeah? Because you're, you're Man United, right? Yeah. All right, so I think, to correct me if I'm, um, if I'm right or wrong, LW Wood. So it's Woodward, he's the only one out of the six clubs that, like, are top members left, right? I think the Juventus president has stepped down. Or he's about yeah, yeah, but that's our... That's yeah, our yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you're talking about the top six, if you're talking yeah, about the yeah, big... Just chatting about the Premier Yeah, he's the only yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one so, so far. Yeah, yeah. So, does from outside looking in, does that kind of look like he was more involved in it and because it didn't materialise, he kind of left? I'm just I'm just yeah, throwing spitballing, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? So, talk to me from being a Man United supporter and that. Um, well, yeah. You know, I don't really check for you, Man United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, yeah. Listen, you know what? You know what? Look, the whole thing, look, I, I, I'll just echo it on a... Is a is a joke completely? Yeah, um, I will. I will say I'm surprised. Just just to come off the back of what Nini said, I'm surprised that he was surprised on Chelsea because Chelsea as a club um, at the time um, kind of have, have always they've always seemed to be about looking for opportunities like the Super League. Maybe in particular the way that they've carried out the, the game. But to ask your question, Bio, like <laughs> I feel like Woodward is. Um, Listen, no one knows for sure, but Woodward, of course, um, is a, um, from, comes, has a financial background. He has um, he used to work for J.P. Morgan. Mm. Um, he um, is being replaced by another um, banker anyway, it seems. But even uh, whilst he was there, of course, he used to work for J.P. Morgan. Everyone knows J.P. Morgan was is bankrolling um, or was about to bankroll the, um, the ESL. Um, so it seemed like he was probably at the forefront of Maybe not the entire ESL, because it's clear who, who, who was at the forefront of that. Um, but he seems to be, from a finance perspective or from a partnership or branding perspective, he seems that he was at the forefront. So I feel, I feel like he has probably stepped down because this was his deal. This was probably his um, you know, route to where he wanted to go in his career. Obviously, that didn't work out because it fell down in 48 hours or even less than 48 hours. So he probably just thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack my bag and leave, which is pretty much what every single Man United fan on the planet wanted him to do. So for that reason, good riddance. 
Akeem, I'm going to add something to that because um, I've heard on the grapevine that he was going anyway. So he was going to go at the end of the season anyway. And then this was a perfect opportunity for Manchester United to almost make it look like we've made a change to try and win the fans back over, to try and take some heat off the Glazers or something like that. Um, mm. Which for me, when I heard it, because the break, breaking news came in and I was like, oh my God, like it was just after Chelsea and, and Manchester City had pulled out of it. And then Edward Wood would st uh, step down. And I was like, wow. But then when you look at the bigger picture, you think actually like these guys are conniving. Like they're mm. conniving, they're throwing each other under the bus they'll use whatever they can to create a new PR spin on things but how do you think it will genuinely change the club without him being there again I th yeah I think this is a great question um Laura I think this is the big problem I feel you know United fans celebrated when Woodward left you know like crazy here's the funniest thing about it uh, after the dust settled about two hours later everyone realized actually Joel Glazer and the rest of the Glazers are still running the club and the problem still lies that, yeah, you may not get Ed Woodward sitting in his box at Old Trafford every week to piss you off or to annoy you, but you're not going to have, you're not going to have a significant change in your club um, with um, the Glazers still at the club, which is the reason why protests are going on today, tomorrow, and the rest of the week, um, trying to get the Glazers out of the club, because they're actually the real problem. Um, Woodward is just the face of it, and obviously he's gone, but it's not going to change anything long term. I don't think. The only difference is maybe we could have someone in, potentially, that would um, uh, structure the club financially better um, for the benefit of the club, not the benefit of profit. But uh, as we said before, you know, the replacement seems to be another banker that's just like him. So, All right, let me throw this. I'm going to throw this, and this is to everybody. Um, two, two things I'm going to throw. One, are you surprised that these individuals are conniving and have kind of gone down this kind of way. And I'm, the worst thing is I'm not even saying it in a, in a, in a bad way that I'm trying to get at them. I'm literally asking, are you surprised that where they are, where they are? And I'm not saying that they're bad guys. I don't know them, but one that they're conniving. And two, do you look at your clubs differently? Does now what's come out, does it make you look at your clubs any differently, and that's yeah, I'll just I'll just give a, a first bit just on on that on that question. Like, here's the reality: I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. That that's that's really it. Um, you know, no one was surprised that I feel like the Glazers or FSG were all. You know, they only cared about money, um, or they were looking for profits over everything else in the football club. But I'm disappointed about the way that they done this. You know, they strategically came out on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, depending on where you're based. Um, one of only two days that the stock market is closed, focusing so much heavily on on um, on spon on on um, posting across Instagram and Twitter for the 12 teams all at the same time. Mm. It's almost like a sponsored deal. You know, they all done it at the same time. They all issued their statement. They wrote that statement probably weeks ago. You know, they've been talking to fans, supporters, clubs, trusts. Even you on the street saying that, you know, you want, they want to get into the Champions League next year. They want to get top four. They want to win the Champions League in two years. When really, they never intended to ever even be in the Champions League in two years. And I just feel like if you cared, even if you hated UEFA so much and you wanted to get out of the Champions League, do it in a way that showed you cared. Say, you know, get on the phone and come on, go on Sky Sports News or go on um, a news station and say, you know, we're looking mm. at our options. Trickle it down to the fan base. Say, you know what? We are leaving the, ch the Champions League, but we're not leaving until 2025. 
don't come out on a Sunday afternoon, seven games before the season's over, and and hit everyone out, just out of the blue and say, we're leaving now. So that's my answer. I just feel like it's just a disappointment because it showed that not only do they not care, but they really do not care at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I fully agree. I think um, this whole period has really highlighted the self-serving nature behind like how these owners at these clubs uh, see football and see the game. I mean, you know, we, we know that the game's become more corporate over the like, past 10 years easily. Um, any like ex-banker lawyers allowed to buy themselves into football. I feel like the governing bodies don't really do enough to regulate them or, or to, you know, protect clubs. This is anyone who has money and who can afford to take over can easily do that. And, you know, what really baffles me is that, yeah, even though they predicted there would be some backlash, it's like they didn't really predict the extent of it, which kind of shows with just how, like, you know, disillusioned they are from the game and just how far removed they are from from the fans of what makes this uh, sport a sport. Because ultimately, with big business, um, they don't like when things are unpredictable. You know, you want to, if you've got your profit forecast every year, you want to make sure that you know what you're going to be earning potentially two years, three years from now. And obviously, uh, in sport, that is like the complete antithesis to stuff like that. It's about competition. You could be a big club uh, today, tomorrow, a completely different story. And, you know, I feel like this was definitely a fight for the fans to come out and show, okay, it's not about the money. It's about the love of the game, the passion of the game, the sport. It's the competition we're here for. And, um, yeah, I'm just very happy that this thing just got defeated quite easily, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, I echo everything that Nini and Akeem have just said, obviously. Um um, I'm not surprised in in the slightest. Uh, I wasn't surprised when the when it said six English teams. I wasn't surprised when Spurs were there because if there's money involved, then Enoch are gonna want it. But, and I guess as fans, we've got, we've got to stop being so naive as to what the agenda of these these um, owners are. They're there. Uh, they've made an investment. They want a return on the investment. They've got a responsibility to their shareholders to maximise any kind of. Uh, investment that's gone into the club. They've put money in the first place. They want to return on it. So if they've got an opportunity to earn £500 million pounds or, or £300 million pounds rising a season, then as the chairman of a business, because that's what these clubs are, they're businesses, they have an obligation to explore it. So I'm not surprised that it's happened. But the glorious thing about football is fans get in the way, broadcasters get in the way, and it's the first time ever of aligned... <laughs> Uh, politically with someone like FIFA or UEFA who shouldn't get away scot-free and either. The Premier League, in, in my opinion, have have a case to answer as to why why we've arrived at the place we have now. Broadcasters have a, have a, have a role in this as well in perpetuating the idea of the big six that's given them a platform and a, and a foundation and an influx in money since 1992 in the Premier League to enable them to be in a position where they can become bigger than the mm. game. But what they can't compensate for is the the wave of um, rebellion that we saw. And it was magnificent. I didn't think football fans in England had it in them. I really didn't. I expected it from Liverpool because you know the, the background of that city. Because we rep hard. Because we rep hard. Thank you. For real, though. Not, no, it's not even yeah. a, a, out of everybody. Liverpool always mm. on the front foot when it comes to the betterment of either match day going for uh, t- uh, experience, ticket prices. As much as I have issues with Liverpool as a football club, you know, on a rivalry sense, um, you can't you can't take anything away from, with with how active their fan base is in changing things and trying to change things. Mm. Um, but it was everybody, like Chelsea, Tottenham, 
Arsenal are not known for standing up against the club. Generally, we just go along with everything. How much do you think you want us to pay? £80? All right, then. Mm. North London Derby, £110 a ticket. Oh, go on then. But this was like... That was like this is this was this was a step too far, and it was a great thing to see. And the elation I felt when they all stepped down was mag- like Twitter was it was the best it's ever yeah. been. It was fantastic. Um, I was outside Stamford Bridge when it happened, so it had gone from all the protests and all the songs and the chants. They were blocking the road so the players couldn't get into Stamford Bridge. Um, it was all really peaceful. Literally, all they were throwing around was celery, which really made me laugh. And I was hoping, because that song kept going around as well, and I had to do a couple of lives, and I was like, please don't. Like, please don't say anything bad while I'm here. And then all of a sudden, the atmosphere changed, and people were going, oh, my God, is it true? And it started to, like, ripple through the crowd, and it was amazing. And then all of a sudden, we saw it break on, on sports news. They were like, right, it's official paperwork is being drawn up to take themselves out of the proposals. And everyone was celebrating, and it was like that thing that you say, Flav, that you can't get from anywhere apart from football. There's just that fear. Everyone was looking at each other like, oh my God, it was it was like you just won the league or something. Um, but I'm glad mm. you brought up the responsibility that everyone has to play because everyone points the finger at the time. We were all pointing the finger about those six um, chairmen or those six owners that were involved in creating this in our, in our league, conspiring with other leagues, conspiring with other chairmen and owners and all that sort of stuff. I really thought about this as well because I got a lot of tweets from people saying, you're part of the problem. You work for Sky. Sky ruined football in 1992. Um, I was born in 87, so I promise you I didn't have anything to do with that. And I did, but it was, a, it was a part of me that I, I kind of wrote out a couple of responses to defend myself. And then I thought, there's no point. That's not what people want to hear at the moment. There's just literally no point. But really, when you, when you pick the bones out of this whole problem that football is in at the moment... It's all about money, of course, but there are very there are a lot of different facets that you have to look at, aren't there? Um, you you look at Sky getting involved in in football in '92 and, and changing. You look about those clubs that wanted to break away from from the football league and and do their own thing, and then you think about the Premier League putting the prices up that then BT buy and and Sky buy, and then they create this this thing against each other that drove the last rights up to unbelievable levels then you look at player wages and you can keep going and you just think god like if we actually want to like create something or an understanding under this it is it's beyond that now i think yeah, yeah. just quickly sorry so i just, just want to say i don't think sky are a, a, a ruined football i don't think they did in, in 92 i'm just saying that, that, that they had a role in no in, i know in yeah i know what you're saying 100 but but that is the re- that is the response from a lot yeah, of course. Yeah. So to be fair, none of you answered my question. Is, do you feel any differently about? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I do. I do. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I've always, uh, so I've always wait. Been hold cynical. on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me ask you. So the, the reason why, and I got asked that, it was like, oh, you know what? Do I feel differently about Liverpool? And for me, there's hierarchies, mm. right? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I may not check for my boss. Well, I actually do, Gaffer, you're my guy. But like, um, I may I may not check for my boss, but they just do, the, the players are the players. You know, they were kept in the dark. So the owners are the owners. And you know what I'm saying? Flav's touched on it. Like, these are business owners, period. They are business owners who see an opportunity, they invested and they want to maximise their investment, period, innit? So when it comes to the the... The, the love of the game, which the reason why it, when you look at it, there's a mechanism to make money and there's just a mechanism that you enjoy football and you mirror them both together and that's what the investment, but you don't actually need both of them to make money, if you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying, as a business mind. So I haven't changed how I feel towards Liverpool just because 
once the owners go, I'm, I'm not saying if they, once the owners go and the new owners go come in, they may have an agenda, but Liverpool's still my team. Yeah, if yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? So <clears throat> that's where I don't, I, I just see it as the people want to make money. That's what they do. That's for them. I'm not taking it personal. I just see they want to make money. I don't check for them the way they want to make money, but that's what they want to do. If you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say. So that's the reason why I was just coming in saying, if we, we all understand that it's not the players, it's not the managers, it's not the fans, it's the people that are putting the money and saying, well, look, I'm putting in this money, so y'all lot better follow suit. I ain't got to agree with that. Do you get what I'm saying? But that's why I haven't changed. That's the reason why yeah. I'm coming back on that question. Yeah, Bio, you know what? I completely hear you because I once said this about um, controversially, maybe too controversially, about Mike Ashley. Ultimately, you know, unfortunately, this is the way football is. It's kind of two ways of seeing it. You, you either see it that the owners and the chairman need to have a, div- a you know, um, a divine care to the community and the fans um, and the way the club is run beyond, beyond profit, or you see football as a business. And ultimately, you know, the owner is doing what they want to do to maximize profits. And if you don't like it, buy him out, you know, from that perspective, or someone else needs to come and take his place, like any other traditional yeah. business. You know, if the person owns it, you know, they have the right to do whatever they say and want, um, want to it. However, I feel, you know, to answer your question, the reason why I feel differently about the club um, is I think what the wake-up call on Sunday was for many fans is that they realised that the fans have actually been part of the problem as well. What do I mean by that? By buying those third kits or buying those new kits that come out in June or July when, you know, um, all of the biggest brands are going to be doing a a two-minute advert on your favourite football club's um, Insta or, or or, or Twitter, you go out and buy that shirt for £95. You're fueling this will of, of ultimately, you know, ultimately funding the owner's profits, um, pockets, making them richer and making them still not invest in the club that you love and care about. So I think when a lot of people say that they, you know, boycott the club, maybe that's too much because you're right. The, fan, the, the players and the coach is nothing to do with it. They openly have said that. They're nothing to do with, the, with what's happened over the last week. But... Buying shirts, maybe turning up to games, maybe buying the burger at the ma- in the match day stand. I feel now that is maybe making people second guess and maybe think, you know what? I'm not spending any money now at my club. Well, I'm spending a lot less money at my club now because I do not want to fund what is happening to my club at the moment. That's kind of where I, I kind of see it. All right. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? So I'm going to play devil's advocate. So, all right. And, and, and LW touched on it, Flav touched on it. So football's elevated. So we know that since 92, and it's since, yeah, since 92 to where we are now, players are getting paid 350,000 a week. They're talking about if you want Ireland or Messi or Mbappe, it's 200 million. And everybody's okay with that. So everybody's okay with, yeah, yeah, we want the best players and uh, he wants 600 grand a week. That's what he kind of wants. So, it's it's funny that we're okay with the the value we're putting on it, and then these business owners that are like, okay, boom, they want a, a, a Holland. I'm gonna pay two hundred million for him. I'm gonna pay six hundred thousand a week. I've got to recuperate p. I've got to recuperate my money somehow. So when Man City came in and was buying up players and X, Y, and Z, as a businessman, it goes from the love of winning trophies to saying, well, if I continue doing this, I'll have no more money left. 
So if we're okay on one hand, and then they turn around, and then a, a production company, a sponsor says, "All right, well, with or without the fans, we're going to pay this for it for us to film the games." Where's the balance? Where where where's mm. the balance come into play? Because it's there's only going to get bigger um, b- bigger wages. Uh, bigger value for players, where does the balance come into play as if we understand on one hand, it's a business. So we understand, so it's not fan run. So we understand it's a business. So where does the balance, this is where I'm just trying to play devil's advocate, where You're does right. the balance come into play? You're right though, because like we, I want I want Harry Kane to sign a new contract at Tottenham. If he does that, that is going to, the, the cost of that contract over the four years that he'll sign for, it would, will be in the tens of millions. The money has to come from somewhere. Fans have to take a responsibility of demanding so much from their clubs. I, like if you if you if you go through a transfer window, Arsenal have had it and Tottenham have had it, where they've been stingy in the transfer window in inverted commas, and it's like a meltdown around everywhere. Sign players, buy players. Sometimes you want buy players that are not even going to improve your squad just for the sake of buying them. So, so the, the you're right that the club has to balance the book somewhere, and the fans have to take some some responsibility. Now you're not going to like this bio, but the answer. Is wage caps. Now, I want you to get your money. I do, right? I big man thing. I'm retiring so you can bring the <laughs> no, wage caps in. It's cool. Yeah. No, it's cool. Now have football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, do you know what makes me laugh at you? You know where I play, yeah? You know, a wage caps. I'm working yeah, yeah, yeah. when I retire, bruv. It don't really get us here. <laughs> well, Spurs might need a striker next year, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, mean, I completely got what you're saying. Everybody, Everybody's complicit to some degree. Um, and that's why there needs to be some sort of uh, a look at the way football's run. But isn't that the problem? Isn't that the problem with football at the moment? That you know, there's sanctions and restrictions on 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 stupid things, quite frankly. But things that matter that damage the game long term, like um, money being spent or too much money being spent on transfers, like the fact that clubs and um, teams are not really being disciplined properly when um, there's racist fans or racist players even. Um, in their team. I'm going to touch I mean? on like, that, brother. I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to exactly. touch on that. So, like, people, there's no real restrict. There, there's, there's a, and you know what? Let's, let's, not, let's not be honest. Let's be honest. I'm sure Laura or Bio is going to probably mention it at some point. UEFA is massively part of this problem here, mm. you know, and they're part of this problem just from the, you know, the thing that annoys me the most about UEFA from this perspective is the structure of the Champions League is actually probably what has annoyed a lot of people. You know, why am I, why, why am I winning the league for three or four years in my own, own league, but I, I have to go through three qualifying phases when a team finishes fourth in something called the Champions League and walks through, walks straight in. Why is it? Why is the coefficients of the clubs and the countries based on prestige and history, not based on what the last two or, or what, who won the titles last year? This is the Champions League. Well, worse, worse, Akeem, this year it's, 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 it's based on um, audience and, and uh, as well, as exactly. well as prestige. They're bringing in so, how so, popular yeah. the team is. So yeah. let me throw this. So I want to throw this to you lot as well, innit? Because I think I heard that. I, I don't even know what the new structure is, but I heard people are going crazy about it. We know UEFA, we know, and so it, we're kind of familiarised. And I say footballers are creatures of habit. That's, I think the same with fans. So is it just because it's the devil we know that that's the reason why we're like, well, listen, we know the setup, we know it. And if UEFA want to change it, because they're the governing body and we're used to them, we're just going to go along with it. it, it, it is that a, a little thing here? 
Yeah, it kind of feels like that a little bit. I mean, to be honest, um, you know, just because the Super League thing has been cancelled for now doesn't mean that, you know, you're for like the guys in, in like shining, shining night, light at this point in time. Um, you know, it, it, this battle is just money versus money, in my opinion. And obviously seeing that like, some of the reforms for the new, like, you know, UCL changes to take place in like the 2024, 20, 2025 season. I mean, they are, it's kind of like a, like a beta version of the Super League. So it kind of tells you, yeah. So it kind of tells you everything you need to know about like the influence of the, of the powerful clubs right now that even you wait for me, feels that they have to maybe like appease them to a sense. And I think this conversation gets even deeper because I do think that there's been this insecurity in football over the past few years um, with how, uh, you know, audience retention, viewership, of course, we were hearing talks between, you know, about like a legacy fans, fans that go to the games, go to the stadiums, et cetera, et cetera. And the new generation of fans that's like growing up through the internet and stuff. And there's a lot of fears behind maybe viewer retention, like dropping watch time going down. And, you know, I, I guess this is like football's reaction. Like how it's been in other sports, like in America and, you know, like golf and et cetera, et cetera. Golf, that's a terrible example. <laughs> like other sports that, other sports in general where they've like tried I'll to, give you, an example. you know, reformat their it's sport. A, it's probably yeah. a bad example, but snooker tried to do it. Snooker tried to make snooker more, more appealing to a younger mm. audience by bringing in a shot clock. So we weren't so bored when they took ages between the shots. Like, and, and that didn't really work. But there was what you're saying in you as well. You, you saw the comments that Perez came out with that, well, maybe we need yeah. to think about shortening games. Well, that's what you guys represent. Your audience is really young. Everything that you guys do on YouTube and the people you talk to. Do you think that um, audience retention is, is lower in football in younger audiences? I don't know. I think this is like one of those questions where like, you know, once you start to like investigate, you could literally be speaking about this for hours <laughs> and hours because I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think the game should ever be like reduced in time. But then I guess it's how it's marketed, you know. I guess, like, these days, youngers are more willing to, like, not more willing, they watch things with their phone, you know what I mean? It's about the immediacy, it needs to be instant. And maybe it's time for football to maybe evolve about how they look to broadcast the games to, to fans to try and tap into that, 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 that reactionary type of, like, environment now, which, like, content is, like, created. So, um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but... Uh, for me, it's I, I'm still in the balance on this whole discussion. Let me, let me jump in. At it. Uh, listen, one thing I always feel I agree with certain things need to evolve. Um, and like, listen, I'm a father of five, in it. And the reason why I, I say that because I've got kids and they've they're into different things, of course, than what I was into as a kid. But I always think fundamentally, fun is fun. You know, so you know when you always try to appease and change and be like, but like, listen. This is fun, man. This is how it does. Rather than we adapt to you, this is what we are. And I, I get where, you know, they've tried to move the game forward with VAR and, you know, goal line technology. But but the fundamentals is the fundamentals. That's how I see it for football, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fundamentals are the fundamentals. And look, there's, there is YouTube, but my kids will sit down and watch a YouTuber play FIFA for an hour. So don't give me nothing about, oh, their attention <laughs> span, because if they enjoy it, they, they would do it. I look at them and I'm like, what the hell? Go play the game. Like, why are you going <laughs> watching it? So when they, we're all, like you said, Nini, when if you overdove into it, you'll kind of be like, we'll be here forever and we're trying yeah. to please. Whereas the fundamentals are the fundamentals. But, but can, I, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? Obviously, as, as a football player, yeah. 
do you feel like maybe the entertainment value of the sport maybe has gone down like a little bit? Like, do you feel like maybe football's a little bit more boring as like a spectacle now compared to how it used to be? No, I feel, you know what? I think that this talk comes off the back of COVID and watching football on the TV. Yeah. So the dynamics of football is a shift. Mm. I will not lie in the same, same as playing it. There's like, I, I said this yesterday, it felt like we had fans in our stadium when I scored. And it was just a, a euphoria feeling that you were just hearing people yelling. <laughs> and and LW said it. She heard people singing. Um, you know, she was being a rebel. I know it, man. Don't think I, I don't. I didn't hear stories about her being a rebel. But she heard it, and it was that feeling of, yo, man, I'm at a game. It's entertaining, and I feel that's what's missing at the moment because of COVID. We've been away, and I'm telling you, when we get back to normal. And there's fans. Don't get twisted. I do feel like the game's changed when you can't really tackle. And, you know, I feel like it's a lot of stop-start. So little yeah. things which, of course, that- as a as a footballer, I'm like, yo, man, but I've let the game flow, you know, on that side of it. Yeah. But I do think on a norm, football's football. And I do think because of what's... It's been an unprecedented year. So there's all this built up. So we're kind of forgetting what football was and we're talking about the here and now. And I think... Look, when we get fans back, and it just shows fans are the lifeblood. Like, you you, you, you can't, for me, you can't fake energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you feel it when you're at the stadium with fans. You just feel it. And it's it's a different um, spectacle when there's fans there. So when the fans are back, I feel like, yeah, man, it will. A couple referees and they stop yeah. all this. Like, let, let man tackle, in it. Like, <laughs> stop blowing the whistle. You know, that that for me, I'm not really weird. I'm like... But but yeah. on a whole, I do think it's still entertaining, and I still think football's going to be football. Mm. That don't try and change it too much. Like yeah. Yeah. if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. Yeah, obviously, like for me, as I got older, I appreciate the game even more. But I try and like think from like a youngest perspective, and you know, I think to myself, okay, let's say it's Crystal Palace versus like Sheffield United on TV. Like, how many people, maybe a younger demographic, is going to be more interested to see that? And then sometimes I think about how the game is with how much money is involved in the game. We're, we're seeing how, like, for example, domestic competitions are kind of like devalued. You look at like, the FA Cup, one of the oldest competitions in mm-hmm. football history, and you know you, how you, you kind of see the responses on social media about how it's kind of not seen as big as it used to be. It's the same thing with the Carabao Cup and it feels like it's this constant, um, you know, need to secure, you know, league positions, get a European spot because that's where the real money's at. And it feels like maybe clubs cater towards the money aspect compared to the glory aspects. And like for me, like when you see that, you you kind of see that translated in actual games of football mm-hmm. where, like as you were saying before, it's very start and stop. I feel like managers have like a crazy influence tactically on the team where, you know, some games kind of look quite similar, you know, kind of blend in. And I, I think this really stood out to me, but I was lucky enough to go to the, the Euros in, in Paris. And um, most of the games I went during the group stages were basically the same. <laughs> Teams are sitting back to defend, allowing the other teams to attack. And then they waited for their turn to defend and vice versa. And, you know, for all the money you have, all the ex- exciting talents and players. I mean, I mean, as a Chelsea fan, I can attest to that. We spent hundreds of millions on attacking players, and we haven't really seen that to seen them come to life in Chelsea. But you know, but you know what? Is this about? Open for is this about Tuchel, yeah. cool, Nini? Is this, this is about Tuchel, cool, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about. No, 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 no. I'm, let's not get it twisted. Yeah, it's not even about that. I'm just gonna like trying to, you know, mm-hmm. like relate to what's happening, but. I mean, for me, I feel like how the games play can also affect how the average person is going to, like, you know, 
keep, keep it interesting watching the game. But you know what, Nee? You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. Look, I know, I think you guys are probably, everyone here is probably about 10, 15, 20 years older than me. Um, but you, you all remember football. You, look, you, you all remember football in the 90s, 2000s, some of you the 70s, 80s, whichever. But look, <laughs> one of the one of the things Jeez. one of the things you're going hard on LWT. My Wikipedia is not accurate. Wow. Uh, Laura, the amount of times you said say that for you. the amount of times Laura's had to talk about her Wikipedia page because every uh, you, you know what know, the amount man. of people who ha- who literally search and is Laura Woods really that old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's forty three, man. She is. I found out. I drink a lot. Uh, she's forty three. <laughs> Don't let her lie. I, I, this is all you need. To me, I didn't even realize oh, that. Oh, I, I had in my head like she's 43, brother. She's 43. You gotta share your secrets, then. I'm an yeah, Arsenal fan. What? Don't be nice. <laughs> but, yeah, but anyway, is that a hard paper round? <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, but anyway, look, look, I, I'm a lover, I'm a lover of many, many different sports, right? Um, even some of the ones I'll mention now, yeah, like F1, yeah. But F1 is an elitist sport, yeah? Every, everyone who's even a fan agrees, agrees to that. To get in the door, to be a team, mm. you, you have to have, you know, a couple of hundred million pounds. To be a driver, you, you know, you've got to be a certain stature and get, go through the certain ranks, etc. And even if you are one of the best drivers and you don't race for one of the best teams, you pretty much can never win a championship in general terms, in current modern day F1, yeah? Which is... Nothing wrong with that, but it's just the way the game is played. Now, one of the beauty, uh, beauties of football, and which is what ESL and the, these guys didn't understand, is that anyone on their day can beat anyone. 11 v 11. Forest Green versus Man City. They could win 3-0. It could happen. And that's what they don't seem to understand, that the pyramid, by shaking his head, like, no chance. Is it helping you? <laughs> I like <laughs> That one, that can't happen. I get, I, listen, I get the sentiment. I get it. But just that one, it can't happen. But I get what you're saying. Sorry, but... but no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, they got Forest Green. I, I feel like that, that was a little bit of a dig. But look, but look um, anyone could be anyone. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, it's 11 v 11 on the pitch. Yeah. And that's what the beauty is of this game. And that's what they don't understand. That Putting it into an ESL and bringing the big, biggest or the richest um, clubs together may sound good on paper that everyone wants to see Messi and Ronaldo. That's probably why Florentino Perez is sitting down on his, on his chair and thinking, mm-hmm. why does everyone want to watch these random games, Sheffield United v West Ham? He doesn't get it, but he doesn't understand that the thrill and the excitement to a lot of people is waking up thinking, you know what, we could get relegated this season. You know, actually, we have to win tomorrow or we won't get in the Champions League next year. We have to win five in a row or we won't get into the playoffs. That's actually part of people's excitement that fuels not just the, play, the fans, but a lot of the things that we haven't spoken about, the coaches and the players. There's coaches, obviously, yeah. Bio, you know this, there's coaches of teams in the lower leagues that this is what they dream of going up the pyramid and getting to the Premier League and winning the Champions League. That's why they play football. Mm-hmm. So you're taking that away for an ESL for money. It's stupid. And that's, and that's a big mistake. I'll give you a good example. Um, I, I got put on a game for work, this was, obviously. I, I'm one of the lucky ones that gets to go to, get, gets to, go to games at the moment. And um, on paper, I had Southampton Burnley. And I won't lie to you, I thought... <sighs> Right now, is, is, there a more, is there a more difficult game to watch? And I'm, joke, I'm not joking. When I got there, um, Southampton had gone 
2 0 up in maybe the first 30 minutes. Um, Burnley came back and won the game 3 2. And, and it was like amazing. And it was one of the best games of football I've been to see this season. I loved it. And, um, and that, that's like the best example I can think of just immediately off the top of my head. You know, Leeds, Leeds took how many years to get back up to the Premier League? Um, the first game they played against the champions, it was what, a four-all draw, something like that? Mm. Got another draw with four, them. 4-3. 4-3, four, three, three. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, played them again recently, <laughs> got a point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? These things can happen. Like Aston Villa beat, uh, beat Liverpool, what was that, 7-2 by... What? Got what that one right, didn't I? But that's that's that is that is you're right. Exactly. You're Arsenal supporter, yeah. yeah don't oh, worry yeah, about yeah, us. Don't that. worry about us. Guys, what we want to know really is is three things that you feel like need to change in football. Um, could be at your club, could be just football in general. And by, I want to know from you as a player, from a player's perspective as well. So let's go round. Um, Akeem, what do you think? Um. In no particular order, one of the things that need to change is um, ownership structure. You know, you've seen what Bundesliga have, has um, had in their approach over the last, you know, God knows how long with um, fans actually owning um, a stake in, in the clubs. And that's something that, that, you know, every single country should have in their, in their model. Um, the second thing I would say, I think everyone, I speak for everyone, I could speak for everyone, I should say, is um, in salary caps. Um, and wage caps. I feel like the, the issue is that is what spirals on the game where people now look to money as being the most important part of um, football. Uh, I know salary caps will stop, you know, these these crazy fees spiraling out of control. And I think the final thing is is some form of, um, of uh, regulation to clubs not doing this in the future. So maybe them signing long-term agreements that they have to be part of the football pyramid that they are at the moment, are in at the moment, and they can't just veer off because, look, we're talking about today that the ESL is over, but who knows, in two years' time, they could come back with an, a fresh batch of 10 or 50... EFL? ESL, no, ESL, no. ESL, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um... <laughs> that, that, that's, he did it again. That, that's where they get paid for, <laughs> brother. Don't, don't tell me that, it's over. Yeah, but ESL, ESL, ESL could come back with a fresh batch of players, sorry, fresh batch of clubs, and then do it all again. We need to have some sort of sanction to stop that happening. Okay, Nini? Um, I think TV subscription packages got to come down a lot in price. I feel like maybe, I'm going to sound cynical, but you, I can't help it, you guys. We live in cynical times right now. But, you know, part of me is just like, you know, of course, Cubs want to like try to attract as many people as possible to sign up to these TV package deals, because of course, that's where the value of the, like TV rights deals for, you know, league games even come from in the first place. So I don't know. I just think that it's getting way too expensive. And if there's like all these fears and doubts about the future of the game and youngers watching it and retaining interest, then I think making it a lot more affordable is probably a step to go towards that. Um, it's going to be hard for me to think of three things. I was thinking, I was going to say like uh, salary caps, wage caps, and I was thinking, okay, and you know, ultimately the players are the most important ones. That's why you watch the game. So I feel like if the if the value of the game is so high, I think the players deserve to take their share from that, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, yeah. ultimately, you're just going to be giving it to the owners to be earning more. So I don't see why, you know, I'd, I'd rather give it to the guys who make us fall in love with the game in the first place, to be honest. And um, <laughs> thinking of some other changes as well, it's quite hard for me to just think on the spot, yeah. to be honest. Too but um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with them too for now. Fine. Flav? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think salary caps are crucial, um, and the uh, but with a, a roadmap to where that saving goes, and it should should go towards uh, the fans, really. Um, 
especially the match day going fans. Uh, and I think all of that would stem if if there was a way, I think it's impossible, but if there was a way to adopt the 50 plus one uh, membership structure, ownership structure that you have in Germany, where ticket prices are the lowest in Europe, uh, some of the best football scene played in Europe, you've got Bayern Munich. It's not impossible to have a monolithical side like Bayern Munich and pay fair ticket prices um, and not have be forced to do things that you that the fans don't want because they have no say. You know they have a, a, a rightful say about uh, everything that happens in Bayern Munich, Dortmund, and so on. So I think that would be fantastic if we could somehow get there. And really crucially to me um, is the a proper return to the three pm Saturday kickoffs. Um, I appreciate broadcasting and how how important it is, but what is what I what's happened over the um, over the over the COVID and and, and the football behind um, uh, behind closed doors is is the fact that there's football all the time and there is the kind of magic's gone whenever I put the television on. There's a game which is fantastic for for us because it it helps with our jobs and you know there's opportunities there and whatnot. But but fundamentally for the good of the game a, return, a proper return to three pm kickoffs where travelling fans don't have to go all 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 over the place. Uh, where you know, so it's not accessible. Like a Friday night game or a Sunday Sunday night game requires you to take time off work and whatnot. So yeah, that's what I would like to see. But I didn't see any of it happening, to be honest. Bio, um, as a player, do you know what? I actually, as a player, me, um, I don't like VAR. I just don't like it as to watch it. I, it doesn't affect me as a player because we don't have it in the championship. Um, a part of me was thinking that there should be a um, value cap in the sense where I, I just don't think it makes sense to spend 200 million on a player personally. That's yeah. my, yeah. Um, I, I, and it's crazy because like, don't cap my wage. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you can cap my value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I kind of, I'm, I'm on that. Um, I think like the lower league should get like more money. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, I don't know yeah. if they're going to listen to me about that, but they should pay us players in the lower league so we can have more money in that. Uh, <laughs> but that's just that's just a personal thing. But no, I think there should be... I think it starts getting ridiculous when... And I think it adds more pressure on you, you value yeah. and you're, you're buying yeah. a player for 100 million. So automatically it's... <laughs> for him to kind of reach that 100 million, he has to go above and beyond anyway. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're an Arsenal fan and I love going back and forth with my best friend who's who's an Arsenal fan, and it's about Pepe. And I really like Pepe. But all that just gets thrown about and banded about is he's 72 million. You know what I'm saying? So I do think the, the, the I think there should kind of be a, a limit when it comes to the value, if mm. you know what I'm trying to say. I do think it's gone insane. Mm. Um, but I can't think of anything else as player. So I think Vaughn, like I'm saying, and, and the value of a player, I think you should just... It makes a bit more, it should make a bit more They're sense. all so intertwined, aren't they? Because when we talk about player wages, um, ultimately to play the player, though, those kind of wages, you have to get the revenue in from the TV rights. Premier League sets the, 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 the standard in terms of how much they think those TV rights are worth. Sky and BT fight over each other to try and pay that, end up paying way over the odds. That inflames the whole thing and inflates the whole thing. When you talk about 50 plus one like they do in the Bundesliga, I was having a look at the value of these clubs at the moment. Arsenal and Spurs are about a billion. Manchester United about three billion. It's almost like as the horse has already bolted. How do you how do you then unpick those and, and try and give it back yeah, to the fans? And you're right, Bio. All of this time, all week, we've spoken about the Premier League clubs and how we need to save the Premier League, Premier League this, Premier League that. 
we yes, it filters down money actually, and it probably filters down money to the lower leagues better than any other league in the world, but not nearly enough, not nearly how much they could no, and they no should. Way. So yeah, some sort of regulation. Yeah. I think it was actually Gary Neville that's been trying to fight for some sort of regulation over what is going on with money and football. And my goodness, to be the person that heads that up and tries to unpick everything that's gone on over over what since '92 at least you could even go further back, couldn't you? Really, um, would be a big job. So this week, one of the most heartening things was that Football World united against this decision to start a European Super League. Everyone was in unity about it. And I suppose, really, the cynical side of things is really this is great. But also the reality is, why can't the football world unite with the same energy and the same power that it has and use that voice that they have against topics like racism and sexism and abuse in sport? And um, Carlton Cole tweeted about it. I saw a few people actually. Patrick Bamford actually used his post-match press conference or his post-match interview um, to shed light on it, which I thought was a, a really big move as well. Bio, tell us um, how you feel about this whole thing. You know what? And that was the first time when when Bamf- Bamford said what he said, I was like, you know what? I saluted him because what, sh- what it showed me, it showed me the power of the people. It literally showed me the power of the people. And, you know, we, we talk about campaigns, we talk about coming together, and you touched on it, abuse, sexism, racism, and... I, I, I see Ian Wright talk about it. I see Carlton Cole talked about it. I see UEFA was on a zero tolerance. They basically said, yo, you play with this Super League, you ain't playing no World Cup, you ain't playing no European. They shut it down. There was no grey area. The people came together. I see um, Jamie Carragher. I see Gary Neville. I see them talk and use their platform by talking about mobilise, strategize, write to your MP. You, you could see the energy. You could see the passion. And it riled everybody up. And what it got for me at the time, I was like, yo, all right, UEFA, you came out and you banned that guy. You found him guilty for saying something racial for 10 games. So he's out for 10 games and he's back. But on the same hand, you was banning players from World Cups. Why don't you ban him from Europe? Period. Why don't you ban him, say, if you're found doing racial, sexual, you're banned for football for a year. Like, what I'm talking about, like, zero tolerance down the board. Like, unite, band together and have that same sort of energy on other issues, which we've been dealing with. This came 48 hours out the window. Racism, abuse, it's been there for as, uh, before I was born. So I'm talking about, please, if we can come together for this when it looks like it's going to attack the pockets of the powers that be, I beg we come together on this issue as well. I, I just wanted just to say, like, but I couldn't agree with you more. Do you know what I mean? And I feel it comes down to two things. It comes down to the powers that be, FIFA and UEFA, who just don't care enough about it. They'll put yeah. out a nice ad um, mm. with all of the best you know, players in the world that say no to racism. And that, that'll be that. You know, Seth Blatter 10 years ago when he was um, head of the FIFA said, you know, FIFA, um, racism can be solved with a handshake. And that was just a reminder that they don't even understand it. They don't even see it as a problem. You know, the ESL was a problem that was going to disrupt the game and destroy the game. But racism is not really a problem. Yeah. To and that's it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think obviously, um, as, you, as you're saying, you know, I, I feel like... The, they don't care because they don't see it as their problem. They see yes. it as society's Bam. problem. And because it's society's problem, 
they don't have to take as much accountability for it. But but then it gets quite hard, like when you like discuss what is like the most effective ways to like, minimize racism in the game. I think obviously, you know, this is very idealistic, but you know, normally like there's conversations on race. Normally, you know, it's normally like, us black people that have to like discuss what we want to see, what reforms you want to see. But I, I, I'm I'm kind of in the mindset where it's like actually I want to hear from the the part of the community that is causing the racism you should be having the conversation with yourselves to discuss why people in your like aspects of your like your your people are coming out here doing a madness basically you know what i mean saying this saying that etc etc and i don't know i feel like it's a very very hard thing to discuss because i think a lot of times we've seen like recent racist uh, like uh news and stories today i'm seeing two different kinds i'm seeing the internet trolling and like when you see these articles, I kind of feel like it's kind of counterproductive because now people, you know, because like racism is just like a, a market employee now, you know, you know, if you put your fist up in the air, you know, that it's just it's a very like hollow way to, um, you know, fight against racism, fight against that battle. And I just think that, you know, at times I, I, I find it very hard to see how it's going to completely get eradicated like that. Because I think when you see the racism, you know, you've seen online shorting from like kids, you know, they come out there. I'm seeing them from different countries from like the Middle East when I'm seeing these reports on Twitter. You see everything firsthand for yourself. And, um, you know, reports against racism kind of fuels that even more. And uh, the other racism comes from like minor clubs in like Eastern Europe. So, of course, when we were saying things like, oh, you know, kick, her, kick this guy out for a whole year, kick him out for a month, uh, you know, ban this club from participating in Europe, obviously... This is some minor club in some minor league. It doesn't concern us. But, you know, if you're going to apply that energy consistently everywhere, let's say there's incidences where, of course, my club has a history of, of, of racism. We can't obviously um, deny that. But then let's say there's an incident that takes place where then, okay, where people are calling for us to get banned from Europe. The fans won't be having that. It'll be like, well, it's this guy's fault. He doesn't reflect us. And I feel this is where it's like hard to you know, find the best effective ways to really tackle against it. I know it's a society problem and I know it's not easy. And for me, it's... And again, it's not even like I'm putting the weight on UEFA, FA. That Look, there's... I've had my um, issues with them. And listen, I'll I'll stay true to my... I'll stay true to my beliefs and I'll speak on it. For me, it's just the same I, I keep saying when it affects directly with them and you and you touched on it when it doesn't affect them then it's a for me a backhanded gesture that's my that's my point in the sense where i'm saying that well you know what show zero tolerance and listen i'm not talking society because i don't think you can abolish it, um, abolish it from society but the game that you regulate and control that's where you should be like well look this is our game in it so if this is our game for the people, played by the people, we're going to make sure that it is in the best sort of shape we can do that is ex- 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 exclusive to everybody. Inclusive? Exclusive? What's the word? You know what I'm trying to like that word. Yeah, yeah. Inclusive, yeah. yeah. To everybody. And that's just, for me, where it just showed. It showed when something is that important, how you can get together to make change. That period is what showed me in the last 48 hours. So I'm like, yo, if that can happen, when you feel like, oh yeah, you know what? It's directly affecting you. I'll break, have the same energy with the issues that has continued to be in the game. That's my point on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, fully. I think there's also an issue in society, like you mentioned, Bayo, that 
you're not going to eradicate racism. It's always going to be there, but you need to make it so that people are embarrassed to be racist. And that's what we've 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 missed in it's since Trump and Brexit has given people a license to say and behave in ways that is unacceptable, in my opinion. Um, um, and the appetite won't be there because it, they're not confronted. The people were, were affronted by the ESL because it affects their lives directly and what they enjoy. But it's harder for people to um, to be uh, sympathetic yeah. of other people's plights and be as 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 um, you know aggressive with their you know their feelings. And that's that's what needs to happen. But I think what the you know it's hard for me to to properly comment, guys, because I, I um, you know I'm never I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it feels like. And and what what I think, but but, but but what I can say is I think that the the progress that will be made will come on the pitch. And when when we saw last was it in uh, was it in Italy um, where they took the players off the pitch and they stopped the game, um, that 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 causes conversation. Like taking the knee, while I think at the moment it's kind of lose, it's starting to lose its impact because people are getting used to seeing it. And they're not talking about it anymore. It's just something that happens. But when it did happen, people were asking why. Kids who didn't know, my my son and daughter were asking why are they doing this? And now they know. We had the opportunity to talk. It brought us to a position where we could talk about it. But what we, what I feel needs to happen is the next step. It needs to, there needs to be the next thing yeah. now, the next bit of activism to reignite this yeah. because... And it, and it requires someone like Harry Kane to say, look, we will... we I am going to take the player For England, I'm going to take the players off in the World Cup, in Euros, if this happens, without a shadow of a doubt. You have to ensure, everyone, the officials, FIFA, you have to ensure that none of our players... And, and any player of color is going to be subjected to this. Otherwise, we will disrupt your tournament, and that's what yeah. it needs. I would, I wouldn't mind looking at watching England walk off in the Euros if that was the cause. Hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and and what is quite disheartening as well. I'm with you, Flav. I've never experienced racism, so I can't speak on on how that feels. But we all have enough empathy as human beings to see the effect it has. And um, and also, I don't buy when people say things like. Um, Oh, you, you know, like it, I've never been in their shoes. So did go and do some research, like go and speak to your friends, go and find out how, how it feels. Um, and then and then you can at least have a degree of education about perhaps what we can do to try and help, because that's what we can do. Like me and Flav will sit here. Actually, we've never been kind of targeted in, in that sense. I've been targeted for being a, a girl and, and I get that. I still feel it's different though. I still I can walk into a room and not be judged by the color of my skin. I can hand in a CV and no one say anything about whether or not I'm from the right country or, or the right background or the right ethnic. You know, it's, it's not. It doesn't. I don't get that. That doesn't happen to me. Um, I do get really disheartened when I see reports that the government have put out saying um, that the country is not systematically racist. And I think, yeah. and then I look at all the people underneath that grab hold of that and go, "See, see, we're not racist. This yeah. country's not racist." I get pissed off as well when when the whole thing with Millwall happened and people came out and took a stand for Millwall and then said actually taking the knee is a, a Marxist organisation I think it's an excuse and I think you're clutching at yeah. straws um, I think you're right I think the only way to to try and have a significant impact is to hit these people where exactly it hurts which is what this whole podcast has been about and that's money essentially and you're right if you pull people off the pitch and it disrupts a competition and if you say right you're not going to get your your money for this game because there is no game that's when they'll start to to realize it and it has to start with punishment if you if you're if you're a criminal what happens to you you get put behind bars or you get fined that's why people don't do it anymore you still won't get rid of people make perpetuating crime 
your house might still get robbed, but that person will be punished. And therefore the people around, 10 other people might go, oh, I'm not going to do that. So that, that's why we do things because it does have an effect, you know, it just, it, yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement with everyone. I think it's been on one hand amazing that you've seen everything unite for a while. And then after the, all the dust settles, you're still left with the ugly shape of society at the moment yeah. and the thing that nobody wants to face because it's uncomfortable for them and it affects their pockets. One thing that I need to move us on to, because we could talk about this all day, because genuinely there is, there is, we could just do so much on this. Um, but there is a cup final coming up this weekend. Um, Flav just like breathed in and breathed out really deeply. Because Spurs go into this having had a manager whose speciality was, was winning trophies, and that's why he was brought into the club, yeah. to now having a manager in Ryan Mason interim to the end of the season. Flav, how did you feel when you heard the news that Jose had been sacked? And what did you make of the timing? Well, we did a podcast on Monday, the Fighting Cop podcast, if you allow me to plug it. Um, and we didn't mention Jose Mourinho leaving the football club because we were so consumed by the Super League chat. And um, I, it was wow. weird. We just sort of tacked it on to the end. It was that <laughs> this, this was that big, which is bizarre. But um, look, the timing, if you're being cynical, if we go back to money talks, if he wins a cup, then his bonus or his, his payoff fee will be more significant. The rumours are... That if he was if he was in the top four, it would be twenty million. If it was if he was sixth, it would be eight or yeah thirty million. And then the, where we find ourselves, it means it was cheaper to get rid of him. So the cynic in me says that um, if you want one manager to to get you over the line in one game, it's Jose Mourinho, right? And we sack him six days before the game. Uh, I I I'm um, I, he had to go. It become poisonous. It wasn't. It, had, it wasn't fun watching. You know, watching two Chelsea and Tuchel is like boring. But watching, <laughs> watching, watching, watching Jose Mourinho's Tottenham was was duller than anything, and it was so so boring. And 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 add, add to that, you know, the comments like same manager, different players. Well, it's a different manager last night, and and the same players, and we got a different result. So he he had to go, but it I, it doesn't fill me with. You know, we've got a rookie manager, 29 years old, Ryan Mason. As much as I, I love him, that's a big occasion against the very best coach in the world, against the best team, well-organised, you know. Um, but stranger things have happened in football, and that's what we've just been talking about, is that we could go into this game and win. So ain't that another part of the problem in the sense where Nini touched on it, um, you've touched on it in the sense where it's like, you know, you said football's become the same and you know, defensive, X, Y, and Z. But the game's moved where managers come in, they ain't got time to build projects, they haven't got time, so they just go. Another manager comes in, he has to buy players to get the best players in because he hasn't got time. It's another 100 million here. It's a, And it's like, we, 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 what's the word? We accept certain things, and then when there's byproducts of those things that come from it, we're like, we're outraged or we're like, how, for me, it's just nowadays, managers don't even have time. So they ain't got no time to, to build a culture. Ain't got no time to build a team. Yeah. So they're like, well, it's results. So boy, if it's boring football, this gets me results. Like my, my win percentage is this because I'm setting up defensively. But then yeah. another manager comes in, spends a hundred million, and and it's just a byproduct and a circle of where we are as a game. No, 
Do you I know think, what I mean? I 100%. And I think the, we had many conversations on the Fighting Cop podcast. You can listen, download it if you want. Uh, is like the, <laughs> the uh, 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 you know, about how um, how we're ready to accept this football if we win a trophy. And eventually, at some point in the future, long, you know, I don't know how long it might be, but Spurs will win a trophy eventually, right? And and we thought that, that the best guarantee was under Jose Mourinho. So you're willing to accept the, the awful football. The problem he had was... His his grace period once the results didn't start coming because of the football and because of how he handles the press and how he talks about the club wasn't wasn't very um, we weren't very forgiving. Um, and you know the the problem is is that Man United fans and the King will know this right. They told us they said this is what's going to happen. This is how this is going to pan out. And if you win a couple of trophies on the way, then so be it. We had it panned out exactly like that, except for the trophies. Um, and that's why um, I think it was just we just we got to a point where we just, we just want to watch Love. football. We just want, even if you lose, we want, we want to watch. I want to watch my team go for the throat and not sit back and be scared of the opposition. Flav, I, I, I respect what you're saying, but I do think it is. Uh, it, I feel this is one of the problems with Spurs fans. Uh, many Spurs fans, should I say? Uh, you've got to kind of pick pick your problem. Pick, you know, look, pick what you want. Yeah, pick, pick, pick what you want. You, 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 know what, you know what's confusing? Exactly. You know what's confusing with a lot of fans, yeah? Is that they watch Man City or they watch Real Madrid and they watch Barcelona and with no disrespect to Tottenham. Um, you think you can mix style of football and champagne football with... With with winning with winning with winning trophy on the push. Well, well, not, 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 not winning. I'm with this. Not winning trophies. I'm so with you. Exactly. With but and you listen, know what? Go on. I'm with you. We did it with Pochettino. No, 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 sorry, sorry, all of them. One nothing. You but you just made, you listen. You made a statement. You made um, a statement saying, "Look," and I always ask fans this. Yeah, what would you rather? Win something, playing crap. Or playing great and win nothing. We did. We played crap and didn't win anything. No, no, no. Wait. Okay, all right, all right. So this is what I'm trying to get across. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to get this across to fans, period, yeah? Because, like, Man City come and just duppied it. Like, yeah. just duppied it. One, and so now it's like, raw. everybody wants to play like City. And then, no. like, Liverpool came, blew teams away. It's like, ooh, let's play on the counter. Like, football is what it is because of what it is. There is exactly, Leeds beat Man City, Burnley's beat teams playing their way. That's the reason what it is. But I feel it's... I don't understand what's happening. Like, what, am I not allowed to want no, no, my team to play good football? No, 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 no. It's not. Uh, to be fair, I'm, I wasn't even just saying it for you. I was saying it to the broader in the sense where people keep qualms in about oh, listen, the game, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, fans want, want, want. So managers have already not got their back up, but they're like, well, we've already got a grace period, period. So yeah. it doesn't matter if they sign three years. If they don't do it in the first year, they're under pressure, period. So if it, if it keeps chopping like that, and that, I'm just saying football, Flab, it seemed like I was attacking you. But <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? My back, like, you get me? I apologise. Like, if I'm attacking anybody, right. United, you know what I'm saying? Like, But, you know, United are doing better than us this year, so I can't really M attack them. You get me? M much better. Um, uh, I, oh, wow. Oh, well, speak up. Yeah, I didn't hear you for three years. I did. <laughs> but, 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 no, but, you know, no, my thing was just, <laughs> my thing was just a, a, a generic for the football. The reason why where we are now and we kind of accept a lot of things, and then have a, a 
have you a problem what, with other Bio. things. That's what I'm saying, which is just byproducts. That's my. Bio, that's you're my being nice to him, you know, because I'm just being blunt to the fact. You look, Flav, Flav needs to choose. <laughs> Do you want trophies or do you want a style of play and high fives and, and cuddles? You, do you want one or the other? If you want trophies, look, you, look, 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 look. We didn't you, have you it got, for two years. I, I, I get you what you're saying. You got rid of one of the best coaches, yeah, in the world, in my opinion. In so did you. No, no, hold it. No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about pot. I'm, we didn't I'm think we all did. Flav, 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 Flav. Flav. No, no, I'm talking about pot. I'm talking about pot. Oh, okay. All right, apologies. Okay. got rid of it. Fine. Many people didn't agree with it. I even didn't agree with it. Fine. You brought in Jose Mourinho. Everyone knows Jose Mourinho is not there for man management. He's not there to build up egos. He's not there to make your club look good from the outside with, your, with PR. He is there to win trophies. And he has never lost a final in normal time. Jose Mourinho hasn't ever lost a final in normal time. In fact, even, even those two finals that he has <laughs> lost, was, were, were, one of them was on... Was, he shouldn't even have lost. And the other one was about 15 years ago, or uh, even more than that. Well, it might go, so, it might, it might go so, to it. No, here, here's the thing. There's no guarantee Clive, just because he's won. It's like these stats. You just... Clive, it was a terrible... <laughs> no, that's a bad no, boy stat, know. though. No, no, that, that right there is a bad boy stat. It was a stat. terrible... Like, to, as a manager, to not lose a final in normal time, that's a yeah. bad boy stat. Like... I, 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 I don't want to hear it. He's got that. He's gone now. You was happy, bruv. You was happy. I am happy. You should have embraced the fact it was a terrible decision to get rid of him and bring in Ryan Mason in replace. With no disrespect to Ryan Mason, I wish him all the best. But I feel it was a terrible decision six days before a cup final. You may win because a new new manager bounced. And maybe you do. You know, I even I hope you do in some sense. But... The reality is, I do feel it was unfair to not allow him the right to play that final. If he lost, get rid of him the following yeah. day. I'm not defending you know? that. I, 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 I agree. It's not. I. What can I do? I'm just fan of the club. <laughs> just reacting to this stuff. Leave it's not alone. my fault. Okay. <laughs> a week, like a week. I would give it a week. He would 100 percent should have been giving it. But you know what this is about. It's about Daniel Levy. It's about Daniel money. Cutting, yeah, it's what it's save, about. Save it's about money. money. This is yeah, it's yeah. what literally the conversations and I guess to root to I'd say all evil, but when you're talking to football or modern day football and the infrastructure, it's mm. money. And that's just ultimately what it comes back to. It's about money, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, he wanted he wanted Jose Mourinho to, to um play a strong side, his strongest side against Southampton to give us uh, the best chance of finishing the Champions League, if you believe the rumours and the stuff coming out of the club. Rather than focusing on the pot, the trophy that we you know we desperately yeah. need, Levy wanted him to focus on the top four. And what he's done is by giving getting rid of Jose Mourinho, who wouldn't have done that, because obviously the trophies are most important to him. He's given Ryan Mason, who... I, 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 I love Ryan Mason, um, but he, he's, it's, it's a lot for him to take that job on right now. But he's obviously willing to do what he's asked of him because he's given this opportunity, I think. Mm. So, yeah, but so I'd rather have Jose Mourinho managing the football club right now for this game, I'm sure. Right, I just want to do a quick one with all yeah. of you. Who wins this weekend, Flav? Spurs win 3-1. Wow. <laughs> Nini? <What>? After everything. <laughs> yeah. I obviously, Man City. 3-0 Man City. I, I think that the minute Mourinho was sacked like that, that was basically Levy saying, you oh, wait. I, don't have, I don't feel confident at all. Just wait. The weekend, basically. Okay, we'll find out. Akeem, what do you reckon? Yeah, for me, I'm going to say 4-1. Four, 4-1 four, four Spurs. 4-1 to, to City <laughs> and Spurs will score a couple of own goals probably as well. Bio? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you're, you're talking like we, we haven't got a great side. We've got a brilliant side. It's I'm rattled, you know, I'm properly rattled. Yeah, that's it's, the question. It's, it's, we'll, we'll, 
is Kane going to be fit for the final? I don't think so. Oh. I can't see how. It's a bad, bad choice. <laughs> we don't need him. You know we what? beat we beat Manchester you City over him. two legs in the Champions League. We don't need him. You don't need him. That's a big bar there, yeah? That's well, a big bar. That's you wait. Everybody's going to see on Sunday. Are you really still talking about I don't that? Know. Listen, Ryan Mason, Ryan Mason's my guy, isn't it? Um, he's my guy. So I'm going to go with Ryan Mason on this one. So I'm going to go with my heart over in my head. So I'm going to say Tottenham's going to win 2-1. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm actually doing it. I'm, I'm presenting you... it on Sunday, so I can't give you an opinion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you can't. You don't know who's gonna. What are you talking about? What you say that on the game? Like who you think's gonna win? I'm not allowed to no, say anything. Say I can it, ask it. everyone else. Do, I'll be honest with you. Oh. I think the last. What is it? The last three in a row they've won. I've worked the last two. Um, actually, Villa Villa wasn't a walkover last season it, by any stretch of the imagination. No, Villa wasn't. I was at yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, and, and you kind of Grealish was on yeah, fire. Yeah, he was it. decent, wasn't he? So I don't, I don't mm. know. I, don't, I think it might be a bit tighter than a lot of people think. I don't think it will be a walkover at all. I can just imagine Spurs starting all of their best players that have been completely in the dark for the last season and a half or whatever, how long, however long he's been there. Um, I could see them pushing them a little bit. For me, it massively depends if Harry Kane starts. If Harry Kane starts, you give you give him a chance if he doesn't I'm not really sure so um, for me I do think City will win it so in this job I have the absolute privilege as you know talking about this podcast and in general of working with like the most talented and inspirational individuals and none more so than the guy that I wrote this for so released from Watford at the age of 17 um, he made his move to Lithuania which is a big move and not many people would be brave enough to make that move um, he was 18 when he made that move as well he was the first black footballer in that league and instead of being welcomed and celebrated like you would any new signing, like we all do as fans as well, and applauded for the talent that he is, in the first preseason game, he was racially abused for the duration of that game by about a thousand fans, maybe more from his own stands. And instead of walking away, which would have been completely admirable and acceptable, because I don't think I would have tolerated that, he used it as a form of rocket fuel. And um, he turned into an absolute baller there, scored loads of goals, including the winner in their equivalent of the FA Cup as well. At Swansea went through a horrendous knee injury, affected what was this incredible explosive speed that he had. So instead of again walking away, he adapted to it. Um, he hit the weights, he changed his game, he became an ultimate specimen, which enables him still to defend this crown that he has of being the strongest footballer on FIFA. And along this journey, as well as teaching ballet to kids in his community, perfecting tippy toes and being um, a backing dancer as well to his brother's successful music career. You have to Google that. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's quite, quite a mover, actually. He's also played at Northampton, Torquay, Gillingham, AFC Wimbledon and continues to bang in the goals even to this day. His incredible personality means he's been able to create a niche in the world of social media and beyond that actually completely transcends football. Even the WWE want to sign him up. He's been the player of the year five times at four different clubs, won the Lithuanian Cup and the Welsh Cup. He's won promotion twice with Wickham from League Two to League One and now to the Championship, scored over 200 career goals, including his first ever Championship goal at the grand old age of 38. That was last night, reached yet another milestone, ticked off another goal and everything that he wants to achieve in his incredible life. Um, intelligent, rapid, powerful, unplayable, 
every footballer that we have on this podcast that he's either played with or played against has a story about him. He always is remembered by everyone. If you have any contact with this man, you do not forget him. So it makes me really proud that I get to spend um, a couple of hours every week alongside him, chatting to these absolute superstars in the game. But the biggest one of all is Adebayo Akinfenwa. Congratulations I, on getting your first time. I, I stop that. Now. <laughs> I, do you know what I meant to be a big hard man? You're going to try and make me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I, LW, man. Stop. I. Humbling. I, LW. I, mad, I, mad, 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 louder, louder. I, yeah. That was really beautiful, emotional. though. Yeah. Oh, louder, yeah, LW, you got me louder. smiling like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you stayed oh, on for it. Oh, That's why I was a little bit late this morning, because I just got all poetic. I just was like, started writing it last oh, night. Oh, like, oh, oh, how sweet. I turned up with no makeup on. I was like, I can't let them see me like this. <laughs> anyway, bio, congratulations. You did it. I mean, what did you feel when you woke up this morning? Oh, tired as hell, yeah. And I don't sleep. I don't sleep after night games and that. Um, but nah, do you know the craziest thing is? It's um, you know what the most humbling is. Like yesterday after I scored, I got into the changing room late, so everybody's in there in the gaffer, and every single one I'm talking about down to the players, to the kit man, the masseuse, they gave me a round of applause like I was 19, like I'd made my debut, like I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest in the team. And it was so humbling. Like, everybody was smiling as much as me. So to, that, for me, don't get the game twisted. To score, to, to, for it to be the winner, for it to be the time, for it to be my first goal. But that feeling that it gave with everybody is the thing that I've woken up. And then on social media, I'm on every platform. So I don't know if it's cool or bad that... Like, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, people, I see one tweet said, well, how many goals did he get like? Is he like, is it double figures? And it's like, no, it's only one. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know how to... T- I don't, right, don't to listen t- to them, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to them, man. Listen, big, big up for the persistence and the character, man. Aye, what you've done on and off the field Aye, is incredible, man. I saw Thank the highlights, Bayo, and uh, he, it was Edwards who handballed it. Um, yeah. It was... It was like a blatant handball, and he was going, no, 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 no. And I, I it was, going, come on. It, it, it was so... funny because he, he's looking like, whoa. We're like, hey, brother, you saved it, brother. Like, <laughs> right there. Right he went like there. this. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was humbling. Like, I woke up. Um, my battery's almost dead just because of how many um, social media things are popping. Listen, it's it, it, it's every once in a while that like I kind of get just reminded, like, what football's about. You know, and why at the age of 38, LW, you know, like most um, days after games, I'm I'm in pain and, you know, and that it just reminds me why I'm still playing this game and the doors it opens and the feelings that it's just, it's a blessing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now I'm humbled, man. It's, it's, it's a nice feeling still. Well, well done. We'll let you get some rest because I imagine you're absolutely shattered. Um, and guys, we'll let you go as well. Akeem, you've got a little baby that I imagine wants its attention. A day-old baby. Oh, my goodness. Um, Flav, you've got to go and be a Spurs fan, which is difficult enough to live with. Final shot. Final shot. winner. I felt like something was coming and then it did. So it's good. It did, it did, it did. I got there eventually. Uh, Nini, I've got nothing to criticise you for because you've got a Champions League final to look forward to. Now you're back in that because you were kicked out for a while. Now you're all right you're back in um so guys thank you it's really nice having you all on um, so we'll see you again very soon
There you go. That's the fans uh, talking about the fans. It's the best way to do it, I think, in a week like this. Um, they're great fun, actually, by weren't they? Yeah, you know, you know what I liked about it because we're fans as well. So you know, so it was nice because we had we had our our fan hat on. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it was good, man. It was yeah. nah, it was decent. I liked that. I enjoyed that. As always, we have to do our predictions. So it's time to look at the Super 6 fixtures for round 52. You can download the Super 6 app, create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance of winning £250,000 this week. Invite your mates as well to join Super 6. If any of those invited friends go on to win the jackpot, then you will win £25,000. Here we go, bye, I've got them. So uh, let's go. So we've got six predictions to make, starting with QPR against already promoted Norwich. They are looking to win it, aren't they? Yeah, so I'm going to say Norwich is going to win 3-1. I'm going to say Norwich 2-0 for that one. Um, Next one, Watford as well, chasing promotion against Millwall. I think Watford are flying at the moment, so I think they're going to win 2-0. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go 2-0 as well for Watford. Barnsley, Rotherham. Oh, Rotherham need points. But Barnsley are trying to make playoffs. I think Barnsley will win 2-0. I'm going to say 1-0 Barnsley on that one. Borough against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Sheffield Wednesday need a win. Borough's don't. I'm going to say 1-1. For this one, I'm really sorry, Sheffield Wednesday fans. I think Borough are going to just edge this 1-0. Okay, next one, Forest Stoke. Um, I think both of them are playing for nothing. Um, so I'm going to say an, I'm going to say 1-1. Sorry, Forest. I'm going to say Stoke win that one, 2-1. And then the last one, Derby. Derby are in trouble. Derby. Listen, I, whoever they're, who are they playing? Birmingham. This is a tough one. I need we need we need Derby to lose. Yeah. So I'm gonna say two 0 Birmingham. <sighs> Birmingham nineteenth, Derby twenty first. Um, do you know what? I actually I'm gonna say Birmingham win that one one nil. Sorry, Derby fans. Okay. Tough this week, Birmingham isn't it? Either. You can do one nil, two nil as long as Birmingham win. Okay, there we go. That is it for this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for our guests as well, Flav, Akeem and Nini as well for joining us. We're on Twitter and Instagram, aren't we, by at Super6. If they like it, they can hit like, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review if you fancy it as well. Um, Bye, go get some rest, go get some sleep. You scored your first championship goal, you've earned it. LW said sleep, it's not sleep. I've got stuff to do, but yeah, I actually got it. (laughs) I listen, I also want to say... um, LW, that, that message you sent in touch, man, I ain't gonna lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, real talk, man. Come on now. You know you you know you are my what's the word? Um you you know you're my work wife, innit? So yeah. you know what I'm saying? So you're my work wife, so nah, real talk now. I'll humble, take that. Man, real talk. Oh, Thanks, I'm really chuffed. I, I couldn't let you go without mentioning or any of those things that I mentioned. So very, very proud of you. I know everyone at Super Sixes as well, so Congratulations. I'm going to go and uh, cry a little bit. And no, uh, we will... Too, <laughs> we I'm going to go push some, I'm going to push some weights out here. Yeah, no, you're not going to sleep. You're going to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thank you so see much. You next week, Bye. Bye.